Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is part eight of the magic of lightsaber fights. I love lightsabers, I love magic, I love the number eight, so this is going to be a great episode. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
Ooh, number eight is one of my favorite numbers as well. And we're here in episode eight to talk about episode nine. Don't worry, I get confused all the time. But we are here to dive on in. Gonna be a lot of fun. Part eight about two fights in nine. This is just really a math lover's dream, a number lover's dream. Uh, we want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Whatever mysterious player you have, you can listen to books. Uh, we are recommending The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. Very excited to finish this one up and have a big discussion about it. So if you would like to give it a listen uh, before our discussion, you can download that free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. Ken, are you, I, I know audiobooks aren't your favorite, uh, mm-hmm. but are you ever, do you ever read a book and then are tempted to hear it just like you want to hear like a specific chunk of it? That's actually excellent. There's there's a part of me that might try that uh, for, you know, when I do the, that I w- I'd like to reread Catalyst, for example. It's like, maybe I'll just get the audiobook version and just kind of have it in my ears while I'm in the backyard or going for a walk or a hike. And yeah, I'm thinking of trying that. So there you go. I'm, I'm going to use audibletrial.com slash four center <laughs> to try that. That sounded like a pre-planned spot, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, I might do the same for Master and Apprentice because I want to revisit Master and Apprentice and I want to hear Rail Avros's mm. voice. Absolutely. I've heard exciting, thrilling things. Yeah. And speaking of exciting and thrilling, we are going to get into the magic of lightsaber fights. We are going to the rise of Skywalker. This has been a ton of fun to do uh, this uh, longer than we planned series. We were really trying to take a step back and be able to really spend time on each individual conflict instead of rushing through them all. So uh, one of the reasons we've been wanting to talk about this is just that lightsaber fights are such a key part to the thrill and the core themes of Star Wars. Uh, We have discussed the original trilogy, the prequel battles, and the sequel battles all the way up to where we are now. Rey and Kylo's two battles in The Rise of Skywalker, a location switching dyad duel, and a final showdown on the ruins of the Death Star. Uh, Ken, I I have a big picture question that I wrote down for you, but then I thought of another one right now that I wanted to ask you. (laughs) How much are you getting out of going through each fight in the chronological release order? Is it making you see the fights differently? Is it sort of adding up uh, all the things that we're talking about and and changing the way you view the fights? Yeah, and and, and changing and sometimes confirming thoughts, especially for more maybe more recent fights and fights that you and I have had that, you know, chance to go into on, on Force Center, whether it's deep dives or reviews or whatnot. So much like the Clone Wars report, it's just fun as a Star Wars fan to go back to familiar territory, just kind of revisit it, revisit how you took it in then and what you think about it now. And and when you have that pause button up where you're down to frames, not just to look at the action, but like the actors' faces to get what the, get what's at play in the fights. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I've really been getting a lot out of some of it. Like you say, it's like, yeah, absolute confirmation. It's really fun to look at it and go like, yeah, that's what I that's what I really feel. Uh, what, what words do I want to articulate that to share those thoughts? Uh, and then other moments popping out and just kind of seeing uh, over the span of time, uh, not only the, the kind of the surface level differences between the lightsaber fights that we all, you know, can see pretty fast of like, hey, they're flipping and spinning or they're not. Uh, but a little bit more like the way the lightsaber fights are presented, like uh, how heroic are they? How how big of a change is going to be made based on who wins or who loses? How much of it is a skirmish versus a full-fledged battle? Some of that stuff I've really been enjoying 
diving into and was thinking about as we go into these because I think these uh, are kind of different lightsaber fights. So that's what I wanted to ask you about the big picture of these two fights. How do you feel about the balance of the old and the new? In The Last Jedi, we had two sort of non-traditional, in various ways, uh, lightsaber conflicts. (laughs) You can go listen to that Last Jedi episode for more thoughts on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in some ways, Rise of Skywalker, we're back to classic lightsaber Mm -hmm. on lightsaber clashes of uh, fate from, you know, two people who are very involved with one another. Uh, But there are also just a lot of twists in these fights. So what is the balance for you? I think it's a it's it's a wonderful balance. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, go back and listen to the Last Jedi fight, and, and definitely, folks, as comments will tell you, especially on YouTube site, have some thoughts about whether those are lightsaber fights or not. And we we definitely firmly stand on the side that those were, but we also uh, really understand that the Last Jedi lightsaber fights were were very different and tried to do different things, and maybe that doesn't always hit with you. And I did take these fights as a hey, you thought The Last Jedi duels were a bit different? We've got some classics for you, which is not to suggest that J.J. went into Reddit. I just think it suggests <laughs> that Rise of Skywalker really wanted to go to what you always uh, love talking about, Joseph, the serial adventure DNA, because it's there in Rise from the mm-hmm. very beginning, uh, all through it. And these lightsaber fights do that, and it leads to what you're asking about the balance. I, I think the new comes rushing in. Uh, I was going to say like water on a on a Star Destroyer floor, but maybe more like berries strew, uh, <laughs> strewn on that Star Destroyer floor. Um, you know, or, or, the, or the Death Star Ruin is what I, what I should say. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a great balance. It's, it's a good play of what, what got us here. It's a new look, a new idea, even just a simple concept of, I don't know, let's have them fight over water. And then we can get into what that means, but that's just a cool start. And I, I really do enjoy the balance of these, these two fights. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot in Rise of Skywalker that, in my opinion, uh, is more fresh and surprising than people maybe give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is some that some ideas in it and some images and everything that, that are trying to be Star Wars poetry and that are trying to kind of like bring everything home uh, because it's the end of this trilogy and the end of this uh, saga. But I think there's some like fun new things. So on the surface, you can be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're kind of back to the mm-hmm. basics. It's the, the 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 person coded as the main good guy and the, the person, at least for these fights, Kylo coded as the main bad guy clashing blades. Yeah. But there's so much that's like an evolution of lightsaber fights in, in these, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about more depth. But the location switching in the dyad duel is like that's that's brand new. Right. Yeah. Um, the uh, the leaps in the water fight, which I know some people uh, are not as fans of, of feeling it's a little bit too superhero-y, which we can talk about as well, but that was new, right? Yeah. Um, we've seen it in other places uh, since, and maybe is in animation somewhere I'm forgetting, but the the live action, you know, using the force to block the blades, like that's mm-hmm. just some new choreography. Uh, but the big thing for me of this evolution in, in lightsaber fights uh, is that to me, there's this sense that they are, that the fights really, really, really aren't the point, which obviously we've we've seen that in the original trilogy with, you know, Luke yeah. realizing what he's fighting for. But there's a real sort of sense to the fights uh, that they're unwinnable, right? That there's, yeah. that nothing, nothing is going to be achieved by these two fighting. And uh, I'll share some more thoughts, and I'm sure you will, Ken, about that. But I just kind of wanted to pin that at the top of the discussion because I think that's a little bit what makes them kind of surprising and new to me is they're, if we're looking at just from the adventure serial uh, thrill factor, uh, they're thrilling and cool and they have some new and surprising moves and all that. 
um, and they're both set up as these kind of unique, specific set pieces. Uh, but they're also like, if if Star Wars is going towards this big idea that oftentimes violence is just not the solution, there's something about these lightsaber fights that just underlines like this is pointless. <laughs> Yeah, no, because especially when you're trying to analyze it, you kind of have this realization that there's uh, no clear-cut winner going on here, uh, and then both fights kind of, uh, you know, dissipate as opposed to come to an end, right? And, and just from that, it's like, well, cool, what does that mean? What, what yeah. am I saying? What am I seeing, and, and what is that saying? And, and yeah, I, I love that take. Yeah, and, and I should clarify, not pointless from a narrative point of view, from right. is this going to accomplish anything of value for the characters? Uh, right. in, in their yeah. hearts and souls. Uh, yeah. All right, well then let's get into Ray versus Kylo through the Force. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray has boarded Kylo's command ship, the Steadfast, to rescue Chewie, but she is called by the dagger to Kylo's inner sanctum. Kylo is on the surface of Kajimi, searching for Ray, and through their Force connection, Kylo pushes Ray to confront the truth of her past. And what do you know? Blades clash. The conflict begins at about 59 minutes and 30 seconds. It is intercut with uh, Finn, Poe, and Chewie being sentenced to death by Allegiant General Pride. It ends at about one hour and two minutes when Kylo sees uh, Vader's melted helmet and realizes where Rey is and decides to finish this conversation in person. Uh, So, Ken, what are your current feelings on this fight, and have they changed over the years? And this time we mean three years instead of decades. Hey, that's a lifetime right now in the world. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, look, here's the thing. This is a piece of art, and it belongs in a museum. And I know maybe over the course of my Star Wars talk in history, you can view me as more of a cheerleader than a credit critic, and I love that description of uh, what I do. Uh, I am a cheerleader for the scene. I, I just absolutely love the way it looks, love the way it feels, love the way it made me kind of go, huh? And, and, and I really think this is a strong build off the connection formed in episode eight and such a wonderful, Hey, what if, and, and it come, you come up with this and you know, the idea of someone going, well, they, if they're connected, right. Well, what, what if they fought, but in different spots and to just take that and run with it and have fun with it, but also add uh, what I think is a lot of meaning. I, I was mesmerized by it then I love it now. And it's one of those things, this particular fight and all of the, the going to the, the second fight too. But I don't know. I don't know if this makes sense, Joseph, but like one of the things I love about Rise of Skywalker is the colors. Mm. I just like, when, when I think of the movie in a quick overall flash sort of way, like what, what do I want to watch a movie today? When I want your Star Wars movie today, Rise of Skywalker comes to mind. I think of bright, vibrant colors, uh, the blues. I think of, of Ray and her kind of, uh, you know, kind of almost stark white outfit with, with, with the, you know, the, the, the Pisana in the background, kind of that mm. thumbnail shot that's out there a lot. And, and I think of this fight with those, and I'm going to mention them a lot. And I'm so sorry, but also not sorry. I'm going to mention those berries on that floor a lot because it's, I just think of the colors a lot in Rise of Skywalker. And this fight is uh, kind of one, uh, up there for, for that reason alone. And then all the depth that I think is there. Yeah, well, a uh, great preview. And uh, I'm with you on the berry love. We'll, we'll dive deep on the berries. <laughs> the berry meaning and the berry power. Um, yeah, no, I, re- I really agree with you. I think there's a lot of fascinating stuff going on with uh, the look of the fight, for sure. Uh, but for me, like, yeah, I always responded to this. Um, I, I kind of love that it isn't a full fight. It is a skirmish along the way, right? This is, it, it's visually really cool. It is it is an absolute set piece, but it's kind of a conversation with lightsabers, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll get into it, but like, Kylo has no... You know, he's like, okay, sure, yeah, no, no, we can we can do a little lightsaber stuff, but I'm just trying to talk to you. 
right right i just have stuff i need you to know so that gives it like a different uh, you know vibe right um yeah and then just as a set piece it's just it's pure invention you know starting with the last jedi with that their connection there and the transference of the little drop of water on kylo that kind of raises this question mark and then kylo clearly doing more research for himself into what is this connection what is all, all possible through this connection we get the shock of the necklace grab and mm-hmm. then uh building to this of this full ability to have like a lightsaber fight across space mm-hmm. uh is just it's just great fantasy invention and it is leaning into the part of star wars that i think is you know not science fiction but space fantasy anything is possible through the force through this unique connection and i think it just this fight really represents like okay if we've got this connection between uh ray and kylo and in some ways it's it's the heart of the movie it's one of the the lessons of the movie of you know stronger together two Mm -hmm. or more is better than one uh let's absolutely make the most of it let's not just leave it at a necklace grab <laughs> mm-hmm. let's have a fight across space uh mm-hmm. is just such a great idea and then the yeah the individual images the the berries the uh the helmet falling into mm-hmm. the the cold snow it's yeah. just so great um yeah and then, uh, one of the other kind of weird things that i love about this fight is uh, i do love the shot where they uh you know both smash the pedestal and, and the mm. helmet falls. Uh, but this is one of those uh, scenes where I've always remembered to kind of uh, take a deep breath when watching trailers. Cause I remember, I think a lot of us, myself included <laughs> kind of overanalyzing, like, why are they together? Uh, at this point has, has Kylo turned? Why mm. are they both swinging at the same thing at the same time? And just like the, the context of, of the, the that one shot in the trailer being sort of overblown. And yeah. the context in the film is great and, and specific, but like yeah. that one shot in the trailer, I think, sent a lot of us off into well, flights of fancy. Hey, look, you know, I think piece about the dagger of Mortis is always appreciated, uh, appreciated, uh, <laughs> you know, whether it came out of this or not. Uh, it is. But yeah, no, I'm with you. Look, we're going to do it again. The next trailer that comes out, we're going to we're going to have fun. But. Yeah, I think it's, again, a lesson of, of releasing expectations and just seeing what's there. Because I remember when this the sequence kind of started, I think when Ray walks into the room, I had that, like, already? And that's because I just assumed that was some big finale and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I love that. I love that angle, too. It is, yeah. It's a lesson. Yeah, a good, a good lesson every time I see that shot. <laughs> and it's a damn cool shot. All right. Let's get into the characters. What is at stake for them? Why are they fighting? What is victory? Uh, let's start with Kylo. Uh, where do you go with with Kylo on this fight? Yeah, so um, is, is this, is this particular encounter has uh, steps of stakes kind of for me. <laughs> so I want to start overall, though. I, I think there, there's there's this idea I have of them defeating the connection between them as opposed to building it. And in a way, they're still fighting over the saber and a lot of things between them. So looking at, at, at Kylo, based off my thoughts on that, I think he enters this fight um, with an aura of control until maybe it's revealed where she is. And, and we can talk about that. But he has that line, you are hard to find. He's trying to seek her out. So uh, he also, he just look at it. He stomps a bit less. Kylo was definitely more present than Ben in, in this uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it is, um, victory for him might just be the, like a little bit of 
they're together not, and and that can go in a lot of different ways i know but just like kind of what he's looking for that that connection he has and, and he senses her unease he senses where she's at and he's once again trying to use all that um not just against her but to bring her closer to him uh i i really think that kind of stuff is, is there for him and, and there's a little bit of a rush of fear a panic energy um, protecting his secrets, so to speak, because she's in his inner chambers. And I have more thoughts on that when it comes to the environment, too. But uh, to me, his truths are on display, his obsessions and his weaknesses. But at the same time, I think he knows. I think he likes that she knows him. And that's why I think it might lead to victory for him might be, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. Let me come tell you why we need to work together here, be together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love all this thought. I, I think he's, it's fascinating to see kind of what state he's in in this fight and, and even, uh, I think, a similar place with the second fight we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. but in the second fight, I think an even more raw version of it. Yeah. But I think he is just, he's kind of, he's kind of given up, you know, any sort of, uh, I, I think hope or any sort of like longing or, or pull mm -hmm. to the light. And so there's this kind of like, he's kind of quiet and resolute, right? He's not desperate. He's not flailing in mm -hmm. the forest. He's not fighting for his life. Like he is with the Praetorian guards. This this isn't fight for him. This is almost more like just poking her, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he, uh, on a practical level, he, he states what he wants pretty clearly, you know. Yeah. He wants to find, he wants her to see the truth of, of her lineage. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants her to dredge up these, these uh, painful memories uh, and, and truly see and feel the ultimate truth of her dark side lineage. Mm -hmm. And I think for him, the victory in that is, uh, well, then they can destroy Palpatine together. That's a practical victory. They'll mm -hmm. sit on the dark throne. Uh, Kylo, Kylo will have what Palpatine, you know, promised him, which is everything. This pursuit of the dark side of like, I will keep grabbing more and more and more, and eventually I'll have enough. Uh, but strip all of that away, and I think you're right. It's just uh, if I can uh, beat her, not in a fight, mm -hmm. but get her to break and see her truth, uh, as, as Kylo perceives it, then Kylo will not be alone. I mean, I think that's, what's really interesting to me about this fight is like, he's not, he's not in it for the fight. He's like, Oh, you want to swing your lightsaber a little bit at me? That's cool. I have, <laughs> yeah. I have things to say to you to try to break down, uh, your, your feelings. Like this is a yeah. conversation for him. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, if, if that, if I'm glad to see you're in a place of anger, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll, I'll block those and, Perry and all that uh, and maybe I'll push you a little bit in order to get you uh to to break even more but for him it's just like hey I, I want to talk you know uh, it, it, for me there's this like fun it's almost like the end of the Bespin fight where Vader's like okay cool cool enough of the lightsabers <laughs> we, we have things to say so you know that's a great call actually it's a great call yeah no I love uh, his his uh it sounds like I'm uh, a freshman in college I just discovered themes for the first time but his weapons are his words <laughs> it's <right> a lot. <laughs> it really yeah. is and it's yeah. it's it's fun to see that like in, in he's not instigating the violence the no. literal physical violence right no. but he's instigating the conflict right he is appearing sort of over this connection it's almost like uh, you know ray and kylo have you know th they have this phone and ray can't block calls <laughs> you know 100%. And he's calling her up and she's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you in my life. I don't want you to have, I don't want to have anything to do with anything you have to say to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's very much instigating the emotional battle. But then as we kind of switch gears into, into Ray here, 
it's great to me that Ray is the one instigating the physical fight, right? Uh, He just says Ray and she doesn't think about it. The blade ignites like it is, you know, not even a a command from her mind to her thumb. It's like her soul ignites that blade just from him being there. It's a great Daisy Ridley moment. I don't want this. She's so upset about Mm -hmm. that. And and you can take that in a lot of different ways. And and some of it, she has a right to not want it uh, and want it in this way. Uh, but she also needs to face some of this stuff. So I think it's this uh, this fight going on in her. And that's you're so right. She strikes first and remains on the attack for most of the exchange. I mean, we're that maybe in the 98% range. There might be some strokes from him that, you know, uh, that he's he's uh, seems to be more aggressive. But you're right. He's really just kind of like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I got that. I got that. Let's talk. And it's all from her. You're very right about that. So what for you, what does that mean about Ray, what she wants out of this fight or what what victory is for her? Like the phone call thing you're talking about, you're hard to get rid of. Uh, and that, again, goes a lot of different spots. But he's he's threatening threatening her t- with the rest of her story, right? And so Ray, Ray is alone. This whole movie, it's about her and trying to find those connections and trying to find what they mean. And so she's alone. And I think fighting at this particular point, really fighting these truths about herself. She's there, remember, to rescue Chewie because uh, she thought she had killed him and used her power to kill him. It's it's pretty simple and on the screen, but to, to, to be here in this fight, she's alone. And I think feels maybe, you know, I don't speak for Ray. I don't, I, I don't, but like, you know, I mean, she might feel she needs to be alone. Maybe she deserves to be alone. And she's pushing away those that want to, support her and be with her and our friends and our, our confidants and then there's this monster over here who's like hey i'm still here and we should we should really talk and all that kind of flows into this idea that she's battling that, that this truth about herself so uh i just think that's this kind of starting point for her uh it's moves as of, of fear right because at this point she's is really afraid of who she is or at least discovering it so i almost think my final thought on it joseph mm-hmm. victory for her might be remaining uh, a girl from nowhere if that makes some sense mm-hmm. where that might just be at this point in the story, I think it's a pow- girl from nowhere is a powerful uh, step forward for her. But at this point it might be the easier choice. And if I can remain so in any way, shape or form might be some sort of victory for her. That's just a wild thought though. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that, I think that makes sense. Um, I, I think for me, yeah, it, it is, uh, the film lays out very, very well early on as sort of a, a fear of her own power, which I think is set up in The Last Jedi when she tells Luke, like, I don't know what this is. Luke expresses fear at her level of power, even at the end of Last Jedi, when she's saying, you know, uh, how do we build a, a rebellion out of this? We have everything we need. Leia's kind of telling her that she can do all this, but she's, you know, at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, not wanting to study 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 to some level of perfection never leave we see her lose her temper we see her hurt bb8 so her whole journey of i am afraid that my power uh, that i won't be able to control it i won't be able to understand it and i will lash out and i will hurt this family that i finally finally found Uh, Mm. um so i think that's all laid out really well in the in the in the film and then that makes this fight to me just totally about denial, right? Of just mm-hmm. love that, yeah. Uh, I uh, her, her, I think her victory condition is uh, block the call. <laughs> yes, right. She, I mean, it's pretty clear when she does scream in a great way. I don't want this, and I think everything is that like 
some of the mm. stuff that Kylo is saying is, you know, for him, it's it's obviously building toward what he eventually tells her of like, you know, you can't escape the dark side. It it is your truth. Yeah. You, you got to submit to it. But some of the stuff he's he's saying to her, in some way, might be, and it ends up in the long run being empowering. Right? That yeah. some of the memories he's trying to dredge back up that you, your parents did care about you. They tried to keep you safe. They didn't just throw you away. Like I said before, yeah. I, I understand their full picture. So even some of what, what Kylo is offering in this moment, he's going to use to manipulate her, but it could be things that Ray might want to remember. And I think it's just a powerful emotional scene because it's a scene of somebody being like, there's this door inside of me to more truths. And some of them might even be good truths, yeah. but some of them might are probably scary. And I just don't want, any of it lock that door pile the furniture up <laughs> keep that bleeping door closed and, and, and yeah. that's what's really fascinating to me about what she wants out of this right uh yeah she ignites she attacks because it's i don't think it's necessarily about you know there's no sort of like i no, I, I can defeat kylo ren and then the resistance will win it's this is just about deny uh what Kylo is saying, deny their connection, deny even the possibility of the dark side uh, mm. touching her, deny the possibility that she could fail at this mission, fail Leia, fail herself, just shut the door on everything. Close it all. Close it all, put the couch, hammer some wood, and hold a <laughs> shotgun at the door and make sure the zombies don't come in. Love love this. I love the, the, the that word denial is really powerful, powerful for this, but also what you're saying about some of the specifics. Again, um, not every character, what they say is not a fact. Sometimes, especially Star Wars fans seem to forget that. So there's some things Kylo says to her in this scene and some of the stuff after that aren't facts. They aren't what the movie's telling us. They're what Kylo is saying to her. But in that, this this theme, and I'm sure it's going to come come up again, of, of never be afraid of who you are. You have everything you need. Things from Last Jedi, things that show up again in Rise of Skywalker. I love what you're saying, Joseph, about the lesson found for all of us. Sometimes we're, we don't want to go down that hallway even though we might know at the end of the hallway is it is an answer for and a pathway to something better for us or a better mm-hmm. version of us. She doesn't want to face that. And that's why I, I, this idea of I'm like, when I say like, I don't know, maybe, maybe beat a girl from nowhere. is just, that's just easier. I don't know. It's just, I don't have to deal with anything else. That, that seemed pretty cool. Uh, and I'm going to stay here. And, and the fact that Kylo, who she knows, yeah, you're right. The, the, the connection is there. Um, He's trying to sell it as something else. She wants it to be something else, especially going back to Last Jedi. But even that connection is dangerous to that idea. And it fuels yeah. the need for denial. Yeah, and, and, and it ties to, you know, Leia telling her not to be afraid of who she is. Yeah. Uh, later, her dark side version, telling her a, a dark side version of that, of like, oh, but maybe the truth of who you are is uh, this dark side person. And, and it, it goes to Luke's kind of ultimate lesson, which which I love. And in every New Year's, write down among my, my life goals. <laughs> the reminder that confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. And, yeah. and this is a scene about confronting fear of like, I don't want to look what's inside there. I'm afraid mm. of what might be inside there and I'm not going to confront it. You know, yeah. she's still on her journey. She gets, obviously she does confront that fear, but like everything, you know, Kylo's words, Kylo's presence, it, it's the fear and she's not wanting to confront it. She's just wanting to push it away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and makes her aggressive. And it's, it's acts of acts of fear in those lightsaber uh, strikes. 
Yeah. So um, with that in mind, let's take all of those emotions and thoughts <laughs> and victory conditions and put them into berries. <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the environment. How does the environment help the story or the thrill factor of this lightsaber and conversational fight? Yeah, well, look, we'll just start with that. That is literally, it was funny. It's the last line of my notes in this section, but we'll, we'll move to the top. The, the <laughs> colors in this scene just pop. Those berries, man, the best berries in the world since Captain Crunch and berries. All right, this is just, I love, love the use of that. But overall, the environment really just drives home uh, the main theme for me or, or or some of the main themes in there. I love seeing them fight each other while being in environments that they might be uncomfortable in. They're fighting from mm. each other's perspectives almost to me. Raised in this cold, sterile environment, no sand, no life, far from the galaxy. She's, she's always uh, just been so amazed to be out in. Kylo is down on the ground, a world he's oppressed that is full of life, families, friends, connections. And it's just kind of this, they start there um, and shows their connections to each other. There's a literal, uh, well, literal and spiritual and bizarre uh, connection going on that they maybe don't fully understand or maybe he's starting to get, I don't know, um, and it just, uh, to me, kind of serves this big how far can this connection go factor to me. I, I was mesmerized by all of it at the first, including I think I was just as shocked as Ray when the lightsabers touched, you know? Like, you yeah. know, it was kind of building up to that. So that's uh, that's my look. And then uh, then there's just berries on the floor. <laughs> the thrill of berries. We'll talk about those uh, even more when we talk about favorite moments of thrill and emotion. I, I have to stop myself yeah. from just getting into it. And that yeah. shot's cool. And that shot is cool. Uh, but <laughs> for me, I think this is, in some ways, the environment is the thrill factor right um the the this is a to me it's a lightsaber skirmish it is not a kind of a full-out fight because it it really is kylo is kind of the the he's the uh, emotional aggressor trying to get ray to acknowledge these things uh Mm -hmm. and ray is sort of you know physically the physical fight uh, aggressor trying to not acknowledge these things uh, but a lot of the thrill factor comes from the strange switching of environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for me, it, it really helps tell the emotional story too, because if what Kylo is pushing for is open up this connection between us, I have been in your mind. I know your truth better than you do, which is a scary thing to say, but just basically like, I know, you know, I, I know more about you than you do. And I want you to see the full thing yeah. uh, that I see. And if Ray's whole energy is denial, shut the door. Uh, the fact that she is so close to this person that her physical reality is bleeding into his. It's a its a great reflection of like, uh, what I would like to do is shut down, but our connection is so powerful, uh, our realities are bleeding together. Yeah. Oh, I love that there. And, and to the idea that, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it's a, a skirmish from a certain point of view, but in, in going deeper into all these fights, it's really kind of helped to find for me what I view as lightsaber fights going back to, we, we did end up talking about it, but the Kenobi Grievous uh, matchup and, in, in uh, episode three, I, I still go down on the side of more of an action sequence in a lightsaber fight, because I think there was less going on between them in the fight. Mm. There's great surface level stuff, some stuff at stakes, hell the war is at stake, but you know what I mean? And like this fight, which is a, a little bit of a different feel, but just has much more importance to the overall story, to these characters, and what the lessons mean to me as a fan. And that's sometimes maybe now the dividing line that I think I have formed, um, you know, and then, then, then I have even, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when we, when we started this series. 
yeah, so like for you, a lightsaber fight is a little bit more defined by like the soul of the character is at stake rather than the the galaxy necessarily. Just that there's some clear lines in it, and doesn't mean that you know going through I don't know Clone Wars or anything. Any anytime anytime a lightsaber comes out, it's it's a candidate to be a duel that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, I definitely think that, and there's more that you and I have been discussing about what we're going to do. But it would have been there would have maybe been a part, a part of my life where I wouldn't have been angry car guy about it, but I'm like I don't know, is this really a fight? It's kind of something different, this and that. Um, but now just seeing what's at stake, it is a fight. I mean, we're talking about big stakes for these characters and big stakes for the stories in this exchange. And that's that's what I go to. It's uh, just some of the stuff you said there, how the thrill of it is, is the environment and adds to what's going on to uh, the big picture of the stakes and this little fun skirmish between them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I don't mean to be dismissive with skirmish. I think it's like a big part no. of the storytelling that Ray's response is mm-hmm. a lightsaber, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that the way well, to close this door is get swinging with that lightsaber. Not to sound like I'm defending bad boy Kylo here, but there's a chance that he didn't want to swing blades at all in this sequence. I don't know. You know, like he's not, he's lightsaber doesn't come out till she strikes, right? So he wants to talk and, and oh, yeah. this is not to put fault on Ray at all. It's just like the, the situation. Like, so yeah, I think, I think uh, all that factors into my view of it. Yeah. I mean, I think he wants to find her, right. For mm-hmm. sure. That's a, that's a literal motivation yeah. uh, in the fight. Uh, berries and helmets eventually <laughs> helps him do that. But I think, yeah, mm-hmm. another part of him is just like his ideal would be, she would fall to her knees, except these, uh, <laughs> except these uh, memories uh, yeah. be, broken by them and being like and come running to kylo like that's yeah. that's what he wants yeah absolutely. Um, yeah i think um uh, in terms of like the the environment telling the story the thrill factor i think uh it is so important and i really agree with you that there is a coldness to both spaces yeah. um that there's the the literal snow and stone on kajimi it's a, a literally frigid place uh people in the background are running in mm-hmm. terror right mm-hmm. it's not a happy place at the moment uh, and then we have this, you know, sterile, stark, white room full of dark side trophies. You know, uh, she's in Kylo Ren's creepy bedroom, which is both chilling in that choice of stark white. Also, I think visually connects to Leia, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It connects all of our, our sort of cultural memory of Leia in that white gown, Leia in those white hallways, some of our early scenes of Leia. Mm-hmm. And it's a great sort of subversion of expecting him to be in this dark, dark place. Uh, so there is this kind of little, to me, this little hint of possibility in his connection with Leia. But practically in this scene, it's, yeah, it's uh, Ray did not mean to end up into his, in his cold, sterile, scary bedroom full of dark side trophies. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all his toys on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he, he does, he does keep his room clean. So that's good. Good job, Kylo. Good Better job. Than me. Better than me. Yeah. Uh, way better than me but i think overall it just it it gives the whole scene uh a denial of uh of emotions a denial of warmth mm. right it's it's a yeah. cold frigid uh scene uh yeah. w- based on the environment and it, we'll talk about this more with the with the water fight but i think it it's really interesting and cool that there's a visual thread throughout ray and kylo's fights of uh snow and water and mm. cold and you know, what could be isolation, uh, which of course eventually isn't between them, but you know, Starkiller Forest, uh, the mirror cave on Octo, the first thing that's exchanged between them is water, right? Yeah. Uh, this is yet another sort of snowy and cold 
uh, distant environment, both of them together. And then, of course, the next battle is uh, all water all the time. So I, yeah. I think it's really cool that there's a, a consistent thread. Yeah, I agree. So what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this one? I really think, and this a lot of it goes into, for this one, like behind the scenes stuff or just kind of uh, technical stuff, just the, the, both actors being present for each other, the way they shot this fight, shooting it across two locations. And I think there was... I forget the exact quotes, but I think uh, I think even Daisy's saying like, "Oh, we're actually going to do this. We're actually going to shoot in two spots, and no, no trickery. We're going to we're going to figure this out." And that puts a lot of pressure on the editing. I think the editing uh, in, the, in this uh, scene is is really good. It, it might even be slightly better for me than, than the fight we're going to talk about. It's just it really keeps the energy and momentum, and it just it just uh, it just succeeds in making it seem like it is in the same spot, and they are actually fighting because they are. And I think all that. Um, all that kind of works for me uh, and it just kind of factors into uh, uh, my joy. Just both, both actors connected present for each other in these uh, moments. Yeah. I, I think I mostly think about the, the editing, right? How mm-hmm. one location slides into another in lots of different ways. There's like great mm-hmm. swooping shots where we go around a corner and suddenly we're in a different space. Uh, there's a one shot where they uh, hit blades and there's like a flash and then the location has just changed. Uh, so there's some variety in how it's accomplished. And I think uh, I think it's done really well if this is a scene about Kylo pushing for even deeper connection and Ray trying to deny it, the way it's edited together, the way these these location changes are swapping and it, and it you know, obviously Kylo can't physically see her location. That's part of, mm-hmm. of what's at play. Uh, but but it just seems like they're just their connection is undeniable. Right. Is the audience we get to see that from the way these locations slide together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just smooth. It keeps the energy, keeps momentum going, uh, and and it's more than just a, a, a it's a fun concept. But it's more than that. It, it actually executed it uh, well in all different ways. The way they shot it, the way it was put together, and just the feel of it, man. It's just it's a really fun fight. Yeah. How how do you feel about uh, keeping Kylo masked for this scene? I I actually really like that. I think um, especially where he is in the story, what that mask now means for him again. This kind of uh, I feel threatened by Palpatine. Got to reconstruct this, and and I am who I say I'm. Uh, uh, right, I got the mask, and, and you know she's seeing through it, seeing through the cracks. She says that a few times uh, during the the movie up to this point. So I actually kind of like it, and then and then it keeps, you know, again if he's trying to get some sort of connection. Uh, but he's still hiding behind the mask. It it really tracks where he is. And then that leads to some of the moments after this where he's like, all right, let me pull this off again. And by the way, the last time I pulled this off, uh, or at least the first time in Force Awakens, you defeated me emotionally mm-hmm. and really set me on a set me a spiraling out of uh, control where I thought I was something and you knew I wasn't. So to have it kind of uh, you know, the next version of that, the next phase, uh, it means a lot. So I, I think it's, it's poignant. It, it's very purposeful to keep the mask on here. Yeah, I think it is building to when he chooses to take it off uh, after mm-hmm. telling her the dyad truth and, and offering his hand in that. Uh, yeah. Another thing I, I appreciated about the actual filmmaking is um, I don't think I've ever fully picked up on it until today. There, There's the traditional lightsaber clash sound effects. There's also this great weird hollow ring uh, mm-hmm. when when they hit, right, which is just this great. You know, I'm sure I picked up on it subliminally. I didn't mm-hmm. actively hear it, but it's just, uh, it's great to just design that this fight is ringing out and sounds different because it's this incredibly different connection. It's a lightsaber fight we've never seen before, and it sounds yeah. different. Yeah, uh, sound design. You're absolutely right. Um, everything about it worked out for me. 
Sorry. Sorry, folks. I just love it. <laughs> so uh, let's let's love some more. What are some of your favorite moments of thrill and emotion? And do you want to start with berries? Uh, no, I think we'll work up to berries. I think we'll work up to berries. <laughs> uh, um, but I love I, I even put the time code down at fifty nine thirty four to about fifty nine thirty six. Uh, this is uh, after Kylo says Ray. She turns around and, and that's where we kind of realize what's going on. And Kylo is looking at her from Kajimi. Camera's kind of uh, uh, behind her at a lower angle, weapon out, looking up at him. I, it's one of those hanging on a wall. It's just mm-hmm. a real Star Wars, solid Star Wars shot that I love. And it's it's just thrilling, man. I just love that. It just, uh, as deep as we want to go, deep as we love going, I also, we all react. All of us, you, me, and all, all of us listening, we just kind of love those Star Wars moments. That's why we keep buying tickets. I just think it's one of, uh, it's underrated. I think it's an underrated shot. I really love it. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty. No, and it goes with a lot of shots um, that have been featured in Star Wars uh, recently uh, with a little bit of that perspective of, you know, uh, the one character in the foreground. It's it's not mm-hmm. as in the foreground as some of the other, you know, really Western shots, but that blade out but down, you mm-hmm. know, and the the bad guy staring on. It's really, really powerful. And the design of Kajimi is great. And it, yeah. it's a really great shot. Um I think uh, for me early on, uh, I I love Kylo saying, "I know the rest of your story." Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. I love that on multiple levels. Uh, there used to, on on radio stations that my parents used to listen to. There was the the guy who who had that little segment called "The Rest of the Story," mm-hmm. and like uh, he'd tell you like a story about the this young singer from you know London, and at the end he'd be like. And that singer was Mick Jagger, and that's the rest of the story. So, <laughs> a little bit of comedy to me. Of I feel like it's a kind of a, a public radio moment from uh, from Kylo. Who did that? Was it Paul Harvey? Did it now? You Paul know, Harvey. Yeah. Story. Yes, it was. You're no, still right. No. That's. Uh, I've never thought about Kylo Ren as Paul Harvey. That's amazing. And that old man was Sheev Palpatine. Now you know the rest of the story. Great. Uh, so there's a little bit of comedy for me of that, mm-hmm. but it just actually enjoying it i know the rest of your story right mm-hmm. i think that's one of those moments and one of the scenes that you know uh w- viewers can potentially get hung up on the conversation of how much does last jedi and rise of skywalker you know connect is this mm-hmm. additional information or is this changing it you know and we've discussed that plenty uh here on force center <laughs> mm-hmm. we generally fall into it is what kylo's saying it's more information not not a change um, yeah. And again, as always, I totally respect if uh, people feel differently and strongly, that's just fine. Um, but for me, what I love about I Know the Rest of Your Story, it is this kind of power move mm-hmm. uh, because, yeah, it's, it's a lot to say. Like, I've been in your head and I now I see what, what you're denying yourself of seeing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. never fun to have somebody else tell you what your truth is. Um, yeah. But there is a truth in it, right? Of like there is more than you are willing to let yourself remember. So there's truth in what he's saying. And it's also a manipulation, right? Yeah. Uh, Come over to, come over here, come to me and I will help you unlock your, your story. So I I love that it is kind of uh, this truth of the power of their connection and this truth that Ray does need to know her whole story and confront her whole story and it's manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love it. And, and as far as the connecting, it, it, it's, it's just, yeah, I stand down on the side of it is a yes and not a no, but uh, <laughs> in terms of ongoing information. 
uh, and basic improv lessons. So no, love, love all that there. And yeah, it's, it, yeah, there's something that's so funny. Again, we we're joking and, and also being true and honest, the, the weapons being his words, that is kind of pulling out a dagger, isn't it? It is kind of going, this is what I got. This is what I'm fighting with. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're denying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And along those lines, you know, I, I like, you already mentioned it, it when he, he says, I've been in your head. It's a great, you know, reminder of that connection and also his sort of pushing for that connection that she doesn't want right now is she makes very clear when she just says, I don't want this. It's such great, powerful, uh, delivery. Um, you know, I, I've had discussions with many people about their, uh, feelings about Rise of Skywalker, but sometimes it's come up of like, well, I, you know, she should have been more angry and like, I, I almost want to just like, be like, just you know, watch that scene. <laughs> Ma- many moments of her anger, but the, the, raw powerful emotion of i don't want this it's Mm -hmm. oh it's so good it's pure emotion and it's pure Mm -hmm. i just i can't handle this i don't want to open that door don't don't try to make me open that door yeah 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 she ain't ain't happy pretty angry and and then the the lightsaber comes out you know (laughs) yep yep so what are some other moments of uh, of thrill and emotion that you enjoy in this fight? I, I did write down that first clash of sabers, uh, you know, because uh, it's this revelation of uh, they can reach out uh, across the stars and, and fight. Like, like we know the connection. We've uh, even we talk about uh, during the Yaki Yaki Festival and, and what we already picked up for Last Jedi. I mean, the rain on the gloves and Last Jedi is clues that this is all possible. But just Ray has a, a shocked look. Um, on her face for me, even though she takes the first string swing. So it's almost like she's hoping I'm hoping this is real. Cause I'd love to cut him in two. Uh, but the, when they hit and he blocks, it's just the shock that like, Oh, we are this connected. It, this is this real. Yeah. Um, I love that little moment. Yeah, that is absolutely great. Uh, I love the first sort of camera circle around Kylo and then Ray appears on Kajimi, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that just that, that actual like, camera move and using kylo as the sort of the the break in realities uh and there's a weird great echoing crinkling sound effect that that goes with that transition of realities that i really really love and appreciate as well mm, love it love it uh so i'll share some others and then we can get to berries um, yeah that's all i got is berries so yeah <laughs> you. uh the, i love the vader helmet i love that that shot of them both uh hacking it, it is like mm-hmm. this neither of them it's just you know lashing out right uh it's just uh conflict but then this truth kind of coming out of the conflict i love that the vader helmet came back i love it's the Mm -hmm. the helmet in the snow it it, there's so much in these movies but rise of skywalker in in particular of Mm -hmm. kylo slash ben and and ray kind of trying to find a way forward but the past Mm -hmm. just kind of nipping at them and the vader helmet is you know it it could have been anything right It, it could have been any any a little piece of his wall unit right <laughs> it could have been his his bedboard uh the fact that it's the yeah. vader helmet that lets him know uh, you know you are in my space you know and i'm i'm coming to you that's great uh and then uh yeah. final one before the berries for me mm-hmm. i do love that ray has the dagger in her hand the entire time uh and it, it goes well with the water fight where she's got She's got the hero's blade, which we know the hero's blade can do some bad things. Anakin did some bad things with that blade. Mm. Uh, but it's always fun that there's another weapon too, yeah. right? That's what she's pushing and pulling. She's saying, I don't want any of this. I reject all this. Uh, and also I will slice at your gut with this dagger that I know is pulsing with evil. 
Yeah, and that dagger, if it had been the Mor uh, dagger of, of Mortis, uh, you know, fun lore, but I just didn't need it to be. It just needed to be a weapon of, <laughs> of evil, so I agree with you there. I love everything about it. love what you're saying about the helmet, the use of it. And I just love that uh, at one point Kylo was like, pack that up and send it to my new bedroom. <laughs> uh, lay it out nicely so I can really consider each object. All right, uh, let's wrap up uh, talking about our favorite moments of thrill and emotion by talking berries. Uh, mm. Obviously, it's a great, beautiful visual. It is surprising because it, it really starts to let us know that not only can they uh, see one another, but that the the spaces are interacting and overlapping. Uh, is that what you love about it, or is it just the pure visual? It's, uh, I'll start with that it's the pure visual. It does mean uh, um, some of the stuff you're talking about there, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's the visual. It's the berries on the floor. I'm a sucker for it. It's red on white. It is blood being spilled. It is this sterile environment getting this vibrant, uh, you know, blood being the kind of a, a life force, if you will. And again, no, it's berries, but it just kind of works in that way for me. So I can dive in. But I also can live in that world of man. And then they cut the berries and it was cool. Like I, I live in all of that. I live in all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just a it's a great visual. It is making the most of this uh, connected environment. It, it's uh, but it but it does evoke all those things. I think even if you don't stop and list them, it, it just evokes them on a, an mm -hmm. emotional level of uh, of blood that's spilling out on this white uh, floor. But it's also just this idea of like that is where Ray is at. Ray is afraid of her her power, uh, afraid of her uh, ability to hurt others with her power. And yeah, it, it's just a bucket of berries on a <laughs> yeah. on a snow world. But it has that feeling of the more this goes on, there's going to be unintentional consequences. Other things are going to be hurt and ripped apart. Ooh, yeah, really love that. Really love that idea of just like real damage can happen here. This isn't this isn't a fantasy fight. Yeah, right. right? They're not dreaming this. Uh, we got the big uh, Kylo me memory dream sequence come with Han soon, and wonderful questions that we love talking about about what that all really means. But this is a reminder, along with the blades can touch and things can get damaged, and that includes us. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of this battle, after some berries and some emotions have been spilled, I I'd kind of argue that uh, you know. Kylo uh, wins because he gets what he wants uh, on a real practical level. He knows where she is. Why do you think he goes to her in person rather than just telling her the truth through their force connection? I'll start here. Uh, not for nothing. I do, I do think he has a suite on her. So I, I, I think there's <laughs> a little bit of like, don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll drive to your house. Don't worry. I'm heading over there. Oh, you're at my apartment. I'll, I'll be over there. All right. So I think there's some of that, but um, goes to what we were talking about, what he's fighting for. He, he craves connection, right? He, he really mm -hmm. craves it. And you can take that in many directions, but I, but I again think of them being in the same space in Force Awakens. He's thrown for Luke that first time, and then defeated by her, kind of the the next big time, the Last Jedi. They almost form a team before Snoke, but the real connection came with that hand touch. Um, mm -hmm. Things happen when they're together, and I think he feels, and he he, you know, she rejects that outstretched hand uh, at the end of their this time together in Snoke's throne room. Um, so that's why. No, no, no. If I, you know, I'm like a sports agent. I, I signed that deal in the living room. I'm going to go there and take my helmet off. I'm going to put that hand out again because I'm telling you what I want you to believe are, uh, is the only truth, even though there's some truth maybe mixed in. And I just, um, I think it's there, you know, and, he, and he's, he's, he's won some, he's lost some, and this is like a deciding game for him. Get close to her, tell her the truth, offer my hand, we rule it all. And I think it all goes down to this uh, craving of the connection. 
Yeah, no, I, I so agree with you. And, and that's a great point that the the finger touch in The Last Jedi is building to all of this uh, mm-hmm. this connection across uh, uh, space as well. But yeah, no, I think this is really about like his end goal is uh, obviously he said, you know, I, I offered you my hand once, you know, why didn't you take it? That gets set up in the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. But I really think like, you know, if he has a vision board for what he's doing, he's like, I want you to literally physically take my actual flesh hand <laughs> yeah none of this connection uh from yeah. from afar i want her to literally physically take my hand and i'll know that we'll sit on that throne together and and then i'll have peace right yeah right yeah so out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited how many lightsabers do you personally give this fight yeah this is this was real tough because clearly i absolutely love it i could watch this over and over again i could have a, a, a crunch berry cereal while i'm watching these berries get spilled all over the floor uh but it is short it is at times yeah the skirmish is is a good word not a bad word it's a good word to describe it so it was hard to rank but i went with 8.5 like it a <laughs> little bit the length kind of naturally deducts some points for me mm-hmm. um but everything there the stakes it's it's solid 8.5 out of 10 for me and uh, good, good use of not whole numbers. Uh, I'll go 7.25 out of 10 because uh, it's a great scene. Uh, mm-hmm. The emotions in the visuals are 10 out of 10, but it is, a to me, a, a smaller scale fight. Uh, Ray is really the, the one, to me, fighting, and Kylo's kind of only getting into the lightsaber part of it in order to, you know, uh, find where she is, you know, and, and push her emotionally. Um, so I think for me, it's a little lower, uh, even though I absolutely love the scene, it's a little lower as a lightsaber fight. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break then, and then we'll get back to a much larger lightsaber fight back in a moment. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue part eight of the magic of lightsaber fights. We've got to what I think is a very big fight, a big angry duel. After being confronted uh, by a vision of her dark side self, Ray stumbles back into the Death Star throne room where Kylo waits. Uh, she ignites her blade at about one hour and 16 minutes. The fight is intercut with Leia feeling the fight through the Force and Finn and Janet trying to reach Ray. Finally, uh, Ray stabs, then heals Ben at about one hour and 22 minutes. So a longer fight. Ken, what are your current feelings on this fight and have they changed over the few <laughs> short in time but long in emotion years since we first saw it? Oh, man, you you know, you just add water to your lightsaber fight mix and you got a full meal. So much to enjoy, so much to dig into. Uh, it has a depth to it that begs to be explored, which we're uh, about to do, of course. But you can also just enjoy it. It's a new generation fighting aboard, it's a, a symbol of the past. All that is there for me. I think I was ready to love it going in, just some of the shots, which still uh, show up on my thrill list. And then mm -hmm. just the way it played out. And then the way it ends, and we're not even here to talk about the Han Solo stuff. That's, a, that's, that's you know, that's another time, another place. We already have, and we're going to do it again, I'm sure, because uh, it's so big. But, yeah, the fight itself, I, I just uh, I just really enjoy it. I came out of the theater just, like, really enthralled with the visuals. You know, again, the, mm -hmm. the themes sometimes you can connect with, sometimes in the moment. But, you know, you dig in a little bit later. That's what we love doing here. But I just came out of that going, that is that is a playground lightsaber fight. That is me telling my friends, all right, and then you leap. So just really climb down and then run over there. You leap to the slide and then I'll follow you. And we'll do, <laughs> yeah, that I just had that feel. And uh, I, I do love that uh, the pew, pew, pew factor, so to, so to speak, even though it's a clash, clash, clash. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I really loved it when we first saw it because I thought it, it was a thrilling and different and high stakes. Uh, I was very caught up in the actual story of the true what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I was really curious and invested uh, throughout the film of this idea that, uh, of course, one of the questions going into Rise of Skywalker is, you know, what will happen with Kylo? Will he be able to uh, get back to Ben, you know, mm -hmm. and, and 
and the big question for me of where in the story is that going to take place? Yeah. Um, so I think I was really caught up in that. And I'm just going to be very honest. It's a thing I've talked about before on uh, the podcast. Um, I had this experience watching Rise of Skywalker that first time. Uh, we were at the same theater together, sitting mm-hmm. uh, right near each other at El Capitan Theater. And I was... Uh, shocked <laughs> by the dead speak and then i was just all in i was loving this movie uh but i really had to urinate <laughs> <laughs> and i did not want to leave the theater i just I'm like i'm not doing it i i'm not gonna have that be my my first viewing uh of this film uh and when the fight started and it's like okay i'm not leaving i'm fully invested but man waves of crashing water are not a ton of fun right now for me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I don't know if I had known that little detail uh, or couldn't remember. That's that's great. That's yeah, great. that's that's the worst feeling. Oh, that's especially. You know, I love going to a theater, but it's it, it's a fear that hangs over every second of the movie for me. <laughs> a risk to everything we've built. Uh, yeah, uh, but for me, the the power of the film, I got so invested in it that uh, I definitely did have to urinate, but it went to the back of my mind, you know, yeah. and I made it all the way through the credits even. Uh, <laughs> that was my confronting, <laughs> my fear is the destiny of a Jedi moment. So anyway, uh, I think uh, I really enjoyed it. I really appreciated it. I think looking back at it over the years and spending a little bit more time with it, I think the parts of it that are just a thrilling, cool lightsaber fight, um, the literal just story, what happens next, and the themes, when you combine them all together in a package, to me, this is one of the most different and most intriguing lightsaber fights in in the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways it is the anti-lightsaber fight. It is um, no one will get a victory out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost no reason to even be having this fight it's cold and sad and empty on purpose and i do think that we've seen that fight you know we've seen that theme in lots of lightsaber fights of you know uh going back to the very first one vader is is fighting for dominance over kenobi but kenobi's knows like "Ah, i'm just fighting him to to hold him off for a while and you know luke doesn't understand that if he just cuts down his his father in bespin he's not going to get the the victory he thinks he is you know the the return of the jedi fight is Luke trying to avoid the fight, but they're still all shot and scored with a, with a thrill factor, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there is a thrill factor to this, but to me, there's this power that the way it is acted, the way it's shot, the way it's scored, it just, the longer it goes on, the more hollow and sad it becomes. And all of the filmmaking adds up to allowing us to feel what Ray is feeling in this moment of like, in some ways it's her lowest moment and it's hollow and sad. So it's like you're pumping your fist because it's a thrilling, intriguing lightsaber fight, but you're also just really feeling like the, uh, our, our main character is lost. Why is she doing this? Yeah. Well, that's a great way to describe it. A great way for something so sad <laughs> to describe. No, I, I love it. And I, and I take what you, what you mean there of, uh, you know, you don't, no, don't have, there's so many ways to avoid this. And I'm not even getting into the Jedi philosophy. I'm just like you, you two, like this connection, uh, going back to what we were saying before of like, you, you kind of have the pieces you need. Uh, you're both just kind of 
looking at it in different ways and, and, and fear and everything's kind of clouding that, but yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, um, it's funny because the solo thing, the solo appearance and, 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 and Kylo, uh, Kylo and uh, giving away to Ben, like that's a, that's kind of a happy ending to the sequence, but then we're not factoring that into this conversation. It, it mm-hmm. ends with <laughs> like on Kylo's stabbed and who knows what, and, and Ray's literally uh, run away from her, her fate, uh, run away, making this choice to go away. It, it's dark. It's a dark, there's a dark, somber quality to the fight. Yeah, there's a dark, somber quality to it, and it doesn't back away from that. And mm-hmm. I think that makes it really, really fascinating. So let's get into uh, a little bit of the why of that, uh, of the characters, uh, what's at stake for them, what are they fighting for, what is victory for them? Uh, again, let's start with with Kylo. Um, I, I would imagine that we both feel that he's still on the same trajectory that he was in the previous fight, but I do think this one's uh, different. So for you, mm-hmm. where is Kylo at? What does he want? Well, um, gosh, sorry. I always seem to do this, and I apologize. I, I So I, I wrote... I have a lot of Kylo and Ray thoughts and I was about to close my computer and get a drink and get ready to record. And I said, let me watch it one more time. And this thought came over and I just want to share it up top. It's like, what's at stake? It's the way forward for both of them, for themselves Mm -hmm. together. And at moments they're fighting for what they think is the way or fighting the other for being in the, in, in, in the way of, of the path forward or just fighting against what they might feel is the way. And that comes up a lot. So that, that, that slides to Kylo for me. Um, I think there's a, a literal thing of, of uh, you know, it's, it's power. It's eliminating threats. It's killing the past. All these kind of big Kylo things. But uh, I still think it's, like you said, it's victory for him, though, is this connection. And, and you it, he's got that great line of, you can't go back to her now like I can. You know, you've been trying to prove this stuff to Leia, prove you're a Jedi. You're not. You're not. You can't go back because I can't. So it ties into all the things he said before. But he in destroying that Wayfinder and saying, you're only getting Exegol with me. Um, it, it, it's kind of trying to cement the, that way forward and force this connection for, uh, uh, something that's not actually there, if that makes sense. And so I, I just kind of like, that's, that's kind of think that's where he is. This, it, again, connection, kind of like I said, similar, but it's, it's a little more raw, a little more angry, a little more confused. Yeah, no, I love all that. And I, and I agree with your, your big picture. It, they're, they're both trying to find a way forward. Kylo wants the two of them to rule the throne together and ray wants you know through all of the horror that she's going through she's still just trying to to stay on mission right get the Mm -hmm. get the wayfinder to finish the mission uh and they are in one another's way uh in in ways they don't need to be um so i really like that big picture for for both of them of this is a clash because they're standing in one another's way um but i think for for kylo what i really love is he's in that earlier fight, right, he's he's trying to get her to open the door and, and see everything. And and she at this point, she kind of has. She's opened the door and she's collected the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Down to having to be in this uh, throne room of Palpatine, seeing that vision uh, of her dark side self. And I think this is one of the greatest Kylo lines. And he's, you know, says, you're trying to prove a Jedi and you prove something else. You're not acting like a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are full of rage. Uh, and now you can't go back to her just like I can't. Just like I can is just like to me, like it, it is such a powerful, great line that just um, mm-hmm. ties all everything going on with Kylo in, into a bow, right? Um, yeah. Down to not being able to fire on Leia, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. All, all sorts of great stuff. Um, but what it leads to is that perspective that he has of the dark side is in our in our nature. 
and he says submit to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like Kylo's goal is uh, submission, getting Ray to submit to the dark side. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he needs Ray to break to prove to himself that his own breaking was inevitable, right? Yeah. Uh, like I've read that he's, hey, he, I've I've read this dyad uh, idea in his mind is you know we're connected because we both have this dark side. A lineage that that mirrors one another and that that is going to be our truth it wasn't my choice i didn't make a bad choice mm-hmm. you know i can't help it it's it's you know uh coming for me no matter what and just give into it and and then i think from there all the alleged and and you'll have power you won't be foolish blah 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 yeah um but he's not he's not ranting and raving right he's mm-hmm. not in that place of he's not screaming unlimited power right Mm-mm. It's just submit to it. It's just, um, it, it is for me, this fight, especially from Kylo's pr- perspective, is one of those moments where the analogy of the dark side is that like this sad, clawing addiction mm. is really present, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen the dark side as, you know, dominance of, of, of Palpatine, you know, screaming unlimited power and lightning. We've seen it as like uh, unlocking, uh, unchecked uh, uh, power, like just the fire of Vader, right? Yeah, and that's that's not the dark side we're seeing here. It's this sad, cold. Mm-hmm. I just submitted to this, you know, this cold thing that has me isolated from everything in life. I submitted to it in order for me to be okay with that. I need you to submit too. It yeah. just it's in his body language, right? He's just. He's calm, he's detached, he's resolute, he's definitely tapping into the dark side, and he mm-hmm. definitely ends up sort of winning the fight, quote-unquote. But it isn't fiery, right? It's mm-hmm. just this slow, sad march. Yeah, going to up top what you're saying about it, this is a fight that doesn't have to happen, and, it, and it, it's sad, and like I said, somber. Like, Yeah, that that line, like, I can't, you're, you're right, it is, it is the antithesis to unlimited power, isn't it? <laughs> it's the total <laughs> other direction. Yeah, this kind of sucks, but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> just... Yeah. Just join up. Please, please join up so that I can feel good about it. Kylo, Kylo Ren is the peer pressurer that your parents warned you about going into junior high. Like, just, just do it, man. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel that. It's like, yeah, it's unlimited submission. I don't particularly like this, but I have to give in. And so do you. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is, you know? Um, and, and I think by the end when he's, you know, he, 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 in the end of the fight, he's literally physically getting her to submit, right? He's, he's, bashing her until she literally falls to her knees till she runs out of strength and you know i I think there's a there's room for um interpretation that final uh Mm. blade raise uh when when leia stops him uh when leia contacts him if he's going to just keep hammering at her defenses if he's gonna you know cut her like just Mm. like literally you know scar her if he is so lost that he's got to a place if it's a join me or die moment of like she's not going to take my hand so she can just go uh how do you where do you feel that he's at at that last moment when he's raising the blade i think um i think there might have been a pause i think i not, not i i so love the leia moments i don't want to erase that from, from my mind at all but i i don't know if he could, says complete set to the end uh but at the same time the way the state he's in just giving up the submission is, is you, you're talking about i could see i could see him striking her down but I just think there's still this going to be this almost pathetic last ditch still effort to be like, I'm really going to do this. Don't you want to ride on out of here? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I think for me, it it, it obviously it, it's shot where you could see like, oh, it's just this is coming down. He's gonna, yeah. if she doesn't block, he's gonna cut her in two. But for me, it feels more like he he wants her to submit, and he's very close to that victory of like, yeah, um, this is very dark, so I'm I'm totally acknowledging that. But like, yeah, if he just if he scarred her the way she scarred him, and he's like, see, look, it's all yeah. inevitable. We're tied together. Like, I feel like that's where he is he is headed but maybe there is a possibility that he is totally lost to the dark side in that yeah. in that moment is he is just resolutely submitting uh feeling totally isolated totally alone can't even get ray his dyad partner <laughs> to join him and then suddenly feels that embrace of his mother it's uh, yeah yeah incredibly beautiful to, to me yeah i love um, that moment yeah yeah it could yeah it could be this like wouldn't you rather i'm gonna i'm about to kill you wouldn't you wouldn't it be better to live with the dark side than die and, and then maybe you know ray has a comment or choice about that i don't know <laughs> let's don't let's talk that. about ray's choices and comments mm-hmm. uh what do you feel like is at stake for ray why is she fighting what is victory for her in this uh in this fight yeah because this idea of the way forward i think she's one that's actually again still building off what where she was before fighting herself in a way so there's this duality of of of, of stakes if you will of and victory conditions of defeating defeating herself but also defending herself. She's afraid of it all. Uh, definitely afraid of surrendering to the dark side. You got all Captain Peer pressure here saying, no, 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 just try it. It's good. It's good. Trust me. Trust me. And and she only sees the bad side of the equation, going back to what we were saying earlier. And, and the pieces are all there. Just as, uh, maybe how you look at them, or maybe you got to not be, uh, um, you know, fa- confront that fear and work through it and get that other side. So she's kind of fighting to destroy all attached to it. She's afraid of this power. This we know um, and what she can do with it. And this whole sequence ends with her kind of giving in, and that's like to giving into the dark side, but giving into that 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 bad side, that bad energy, and running away. It's her lowest points in starting this journey to me. And but at the same time, she's afraid of being alone or having to do this alone. I think that's um, part of. I don't know when when Kylo crushes that wayfinder. There's there's him. That's a statement from him, but it's just kind of her going. I needed that. I need that, and therefore maybe oh damn it, I might need you. And not connecting to other ways to do it. And, and it's, she's overlooking the connection again to those who, who love her. And in fact, literally force pushing her connection with Finn away and, and, and afraid of that connection uh, and afraid of the connection to Kylo being what she needs to get to Exegol, right? It's like it's all kind of this, this surge of emotions in her and she's still afraid of the good parts and also not right there to submit to the bad parts. Yeah. No, I really, I really like these thoughts. I feel like uh, one of the things I like about Rise of Skywalker is this sort of desperation. Finn is, in, in some ways, the most optimistic of let's let's do this together. We can all do this together. Post trying to be the spark, right, and trying mm-hmm. to keep it uh, alight. Uh, Ray is trying to like you know be the hero that the galaxy needs. That you know be the person that that lightsaber you know flew to, right, um, more than one time, and and help. Uh, you know, save the galaxy from Palpatine. And in some ways it's like that, that, um, that wayfinder is the spark. Like they fought so hard for that and then mm. boom, immediately taken from her. Uh, so it is definitely the, the spark of the mission going out. Um, but it's also like, I think, uh, her hope for herself, right? Like, yeah. I think she's in such a dark place that she doesn't want the things that Kylo is saying to be true, that it, that the dark side is inevitable, but it is exactly her fear. Yeah. And I think, I, I think what, what the fight hinges on is like uh, when she's on Octo with Luke, she remembers the the Wayfinder in Kylo's ship, right? Yeah. 
that's not on the front of her mind. This would be a very different fight if, like, Kylo smashed that Wayfinder. And he says the only way you're getting to Exegol is through, with, through me. But, like, he doesn't pull out the other Wayfinder. And he doesn't say the other Wayfinder is on my ship. There's no part of the fight where, you know, we it, we cut to Ray looking at the, the Wayfinder on his ship. Like, mm-hmm. there isn't anything to me in this fight where Ray is being rational about, I'll defeat him, I'll get to the other Wayfinder. Mm. And I and I say all that because I I, I want I want to kind of support my perspective that this is just rage, mm-hmm. and that's what makes this fight so uh, beautiful and different and and horrific and and hollow up until the moments of victory at the end. Yeah, um, absolutely. I feel like she is just lashing out in complete rage. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I on a practical level, if she defeated Kylo and then got to his wayfinder, yes, it will help her complete the mission. Uh, but it, she's not, that's not what she is fighting for. You know, that's not what's on her mind. Uh, the way she's fighting is just to, to kill what Kylo represents to her in that moment, which is the inevitability of the dark side. Right. Yeah. I feel like she is, uh, falling into this trap that we've seen, you know, uh, other, uh, heroes have to wrestle with, mm. but this is in some ways the most visceral version of it is just, it's fighting hate with hate. It's like, I don't want this dark side mm. of myself, so I'm going to cut it out yeah. by yeah. using the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the irony. Yes. No, I, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, to me, it's a mess of emotions and all of them. Not good right now. <laughs> not good right now for Ray. Yeah. And, and it, I, I think that's, uh, you know, about like uh, her fear in this film is tracked so well. She says it explicitly to Luke that she is uh, afraid of herself, afraid that, uh, First, she was no one in the story. Now she has the worst place in the story and that her power is actually dangerous and she can't control it. And she's finally found some family and she'll just hurt them and she'll just drive them away. And I, you know, I think that's what, you know, pushing Finn is about is like, I will hurt you. Right. But even that is like, um, please keep your distance. I'm afraid I will hurt you is what she's feeling. But she's in such a place of rage. It comes out in a massive force push. Right. <laughs> like, yes. You know, uh, the, the just that it's so visceral to be like, I love you. I don't want to hurt you. So I'm going to push you out of a moving car yeah. because you're not safe near me. Right. Like it's yeah. that level of she's, she's stuck in it. Um, yeah. And for me, that's, that's what's the, the fight is, a is about is, is Kylo is calm and resolute. He's given himself to the dark side and she is fighting with this, this uh, rage. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her strength falters. And for me, I kind of take that as, mm-hmm she has all of this um, rightful earned rage from her lived experience. She has real anger in the film and you understand why she's had a really rough life and she's lost a lot and people have invaded her mind and are telling her who she's going to be and all these things. She has every right uh, to be angry. Anger is understandable, but I think a lot of what this story is, is her nature at the end of the day is kindness and empathy in reaching out and mm. connection uh, it, it, her strength her spirit uh is the light side and mm. she's fighting from the dark side in in this fight yeah. to me and she doesn't drive uh strength ultimately from the dark side just emptiness and like i love those faltering moments at the end of the fight when she's like i'm running low on rage and yeah. it's not it's not fueling me the way everybody says it's going to it doesn't work for her and it yeah. does for Kylo. Yeah, and, and and the horrible reminder, right? And 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 this 
of, of what this power could potentially do. I just, I just love the absolute horror that is played on, on, on uh, Ray's face there in, in the Kylo moment in the stabbing. I don't know. And yeah. Like Leia. It's, it's the greatest fear confirmed, right? Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. I, it, I do have feelings for Kylo. I'm seeing him as just Kylo is just an enemy is, is just a symbol of, of what I don't want to be a symbol of everybody telling me what I have to be. And I'm just going to cut it out. I'm just going to destroy it. And I think there's that moment of seeing, seeing him as a person again, a person she's connected to. And then of course, obviously Leia, you know, yeah. Uh, and this greatest fear confirmed of like that, uh, that I will lash out and I will hurt the people I love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, moving on from the the fun motivations <laughs> well it's just but it just again highlights um the the wondrous depths that star wars can go and also at the same time being cool fight on the death star with water which works both for me and you can watch it all uh all uh always at once or, or different times but there's just uh I, I do like what you're talking about of, of uh it, it doesn't have to happen kids sit down <laughs> talk it out <laughs> what are you yeah. doing yeah, and it, that lesson is there in other fights. I want to be really clear. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is the first time that lesson has been baked into a Star Wars fight. It's just kind of baked in in a different way because I think the environment, uh, the music, <laughs> the yeah. choreography, everything really supports the 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 sadness of this fight. Uh, it, so let's talk a little bit about that, about how the environment makes a difference, how it helps tell the story, and the thrill factor of this fight. Where do you go with that? I just think I, I see all of it uh, and, and in the thrill moments. I'll have some specific uh, thoughts on this, but uh, to, to some of the specific screenshots, if you will. But it's it's a dangerous element where they're at, right? That they, you can't even get there. Yeah, the fact that Ray got there, they were supposed to wait till morning. She she rushes out for that. Um, and, and, and choppy waters, dangerous element. And it's something that can't re- really be controlled by either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the waves are going to do what waves are going to do. And they are in that. And it's a, it's a big, just, you know, you talk about water and life, the life giver that water is in this case, it is a destroyer <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just lashing down all over them. And I just, I just thought that worked very well. Uh, very well. Uh, you could have just done, you could have done this anywhere else, I guess, but I'd love choosing the death star, choosing the second death star, I should say, choosing, uh, the past them fighting for the way, forward away from that pass and all around them is just this kind of rage filled water. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. Um, I, I love, you know, ideas of water imagery. Water is so important mm-hmm. because it can be life and it can be death. And I think, you know, it, it can be like the force. It can be the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. And this water is definitely a version of the dark side. It's this great companion to the, the fury and fire, uh, and violence of Mustafar. Right. Yeah. Um, that it, here's this other representation of the dark side of this is what the dark side brings them to. It's cold, it's distant, it's suffocating. Uh, I totally agree with you. It's this like waves raging for nothing. Cause it's just what they do. They just rage. They just crash, you know, yeah. and it's kind of what's happening to them. They're just kind of raging and crashing for not a clear practical victory mm. uh, of, you know, this isn't a, there's a physical MacGuffin. This isn't that there's, there's literally the, a physical wayfinder between them and they're both trying to get their hands on it. It's raging. Mm. Um, and I think the water does so much, uh, for that story. Um, yeah. Of making you, you feel it. You can feel how cold that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the, the Death Star ruins, uh, it's not subtle and it, it hasn't been subtle the entire sequel trilogy. I think it's, it's fascinating that yes. the sequel trilogy, 
wants to deal with nostalgia, wants to deal with the inability to just kill the past and escape it of, of this idea of like you, you have to deal with it, reckon with it, take what you want. Don't be defined by it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and move forward with the parts of the past that are valuable to you. And, and yeah. the sequel trilogy came out in a moment where uh, a lot of pop culture was dealing with uh, nostalgia and mm-hmm. it, that didn't go well for the sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in our larger pop culture conversations. But I think when you really just analyze outside of the moments that this film came out in mm. or the, these films, but this one in particular, it's so purposeful because yeah, it's, it, it's the wreck of the old war. They can't escape the past. I love the way you said that in order to try to move forward, they have to keep going deeper into the past. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kylo, Mr. I want to kill the past is kind of standing in this old throne room saying, you know, turns out I am defined by my blood. I am defined by the choices I already made. I already made these choices so I can never go back to my mom. I failed to kill the past. Still going to try to kill Palpatine on a practical mm-hmm. level. But, like, I'm submitting to the dark side. I'm submitting to the past. I'm submitting to everything that this wreckage uh, represents. And I want you to submit to that, too, Ray. Yeah. Join me. Yeah. If you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you, you touched on this as well. I absolutely love uh, for the thrill factor. The waves are cool. The yeah. the uh, flipping school. The the location is cool. I love it anytime. I always go on about high places. Like this, this is technically a high place with also <laughs> horrible, crushing, drowning water everywhere. And with Finn and Jenna being unable to follow, it gives it this yeah. e- even more kind of heightened mythic. This is like gods fighting on Mount Olympus that like uh, other people can watch, but we can't get up there and intervene, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, just again, and, and Ray fighting the, she's just fighting connections, the good, the bad, and the other, uh, you know? She's just fighting and pushing away at any point, and, and, and there's almost nothing they can do about that. She's going to have to figure that out. Yep, yep, and, uh, and she does. Uh, what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this fight? I do think just a great use of, of the past and the present, fun, inventive way to approach an old staple. And I think often about those Force Awakens concept art pieces with Ray diving on the Death Star ruins. And, and I mm. love that uh, JJ and company get to go back and kind of explore that. I, I, I just, it's always fun for me and kind of made sense. Even when we saw that first trailer, the Star Wars celebration and the Palpatine laugh and the roll of it again. But just seeing the Death Star there, right? It was just like, oh, we're gonna, we're going to do this. And I thought about the that concept art right away. So I just think uh, that reality of just taking an idea and 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 remolding it and figuring out a way to fit it into this story and in, in, in a way that works and a way that's thematically true to the story. Uh, I think uh, that comes across as well. And I love the BTS stuff of them. That great doc. Uh, really, if y'all hadn't, haven't checked it out, recommend it there, the one that came out uh, with Rise of Skywalker. Uh, just the, B- the BTS stuff, both of them there, getting soaked. I think it was Adam Driver's birthday, and him just kind of, yep, where is what we're doing? And and uh, Daisy being a little, uh, like, you're actually hitting me with the water. Just just the experience of it there, it all makes it uh, so real. And, and uh, you know, they're not, they didn't build a, a Death Star ruin in the desert, so there's, uh, or in the ocean, I should say, or the desert. Um <laughs> But it just comes, it just, it, it, it's visceral. You feel it all. And I just think uh, some great filmmaking went into the sequence. Yeah, no, I, I think about that doc a lot in, in knowing that, yeah, no, we, we built uh, the, these big chunks uh, of uh, of Death Star ruins, obviously not in an ocean, but mm-hmm. set up all the rigs to spray them with the real water, the absolute commitment of the actors 
this is one of the best acted lightsaber fights in my opinion. They're just they're so in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get all of that that uh, commitment of fighting under actual torrents of water. <laughs> <laughs> I also think for me, for this one, um, we'll talk more about some favorite moments, but I, I think there is a real consciousness uh, of, of doing something different, right? Um, the, the leaps, the location, uh, the score is different than from other, um, other lightsaber fights. You know, it, it, there, it, it's not sweeping. There aren't uh, choral voices, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's bare and haunting and mm-hmm. the, the, um, the, the stabs of music with Kylo's final blows. It's, it's, there's a real effort in all levels of filmmaking. Mm. Uh, the, all of the sound design around, uh, uh, Leia reaching out to Ben and, and we almost are hearing from Ray's perspective where you can feel her being like distant and disconnected from everything. And then, you know, it rushes back in when, when the clarity of what she just did comes to her. There's so much quality filmmaking going on mm-hmm. on every level. Uh, I, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's a giant sequence, man. Giant sequence. And, um, put it all together on so many different, so many different, so many pieces coming together. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Final thing for me is just, uh, in terms of filmmaking, uh, uh storytelling, scripting, writing, being a part mm-hmm. <laughs> of filmmaking. Uh, I've talked about this before. Don't need to spend a bunch of time on it, but just the significance that this is the act to closing that's where the most traditional lightsaber battle is and you know lots of various opinions about what might have been if um you know maybe if ryan johnson did this film or if the uh uh, Mm. trevorrow uh uh, one got made all that um i always when i watch it just really really appreciate the choice to have ben face his choice face his final battle at the end of act two so we can clearly give ben his due and not make the end of the film all about will will kylo make a better choice mm-hmm. uh and then there's there's still plenty going on with ray in this scene there's still plenty going on with ben at the end of the film but in some ways this fight being the act two closing gives a little bit more of the focus to ben which leaves the end of the film to give a little bit more focus on Ray, so both characters truly get their due. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Now uh, we talk about long, dark tea times of the soul, like the second acts, right? Yeah. This this is definitely a bunch of tea being spilled here all over everyone here, and I love it. I love it. And and and, and like you said up top, again, it's it's a real, it's a sad, somber fight in a lot of ways. Uh, and and I, I, I yeah yeah the what the what ifs can we can have fun with those or we can be frustrated by those to the end of time, but. Uh, what is and what remains is something that uh, continues. Uh, I don't know to to uh, find a meaning within me. Yeah, no, and and I think as always, any for anybody who doesn't work it, or it doesn't work for them, or they don't like it. I uh, totally understand. I think just for me, one of the powers of this lightsaber fight is the choice of where to put it in the film. Mm-hmm. Functionally, is done with great purpose, and it really, really works for me. So I always want to celebrate it. Yeah, party! All Let's right, celebrate the sadness. <laughs> celebrate the sadness our least popular t-shirt on uh, deep public uh let's talk about favorite moments of thrill and emotion what are some moments for you i just go to towards the beginning there there's a there's a moment where kylo's kind of ducking her blades before igniting his uh, mm. and, and now it's funny you may, i think so, it makes me think of um reva and vader in, in the kenobi series uh 
but I, I just like that. There's something about it, some energy there. Again, speaking kind of where he is in, in a lot of these fights, it, 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 which sounds like I'm defending Kylo and attacking Ray for being aggressive. It's just what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And he's there definitely to, to do what must be done. But I don't know. There's something fun about that little uh, opening uh, salvo. Yeah, no, I, I feel like between this and the uh, using the force to block blades, this mm-hmm. uh, this does set up the, the Vader Riva fight a lot. There's a clear connection. Um, I, the first moment I love is the the leaps down into the pit. It, it, they're both so distinctive. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's one of those, yeah, you two didn't have to go so hard on the leaps, but you did, and I really appreciate it. The, the Kylo's little uh, foot knock together as he yeah. uh, falls, and Ray's got that real big knee-up leap, and I just uh, love them both. Yes, she does. It. You're right. Oh, that's so funny. Yes, love it. You can always tell who a character is by the way they leap into a pit. Uh <laughs> What are some other moments for you? Uh, going to uh, this uh, the first big wave that's coming in. Uh, they're both kind of looking at it. Uh, they both, I think, because she's kind of got the angle on it first, so you see her kind of react, but he turns around. And it, I don't know, it's like George Clooney in a commercial fishing boat looking up at a tidal wave. <laughs> it just gets terrified. And, and and just, again, they both cannot stop what is happening to them in this moment. It is getting out of control. It is dangerous. Uh, and this wave coming at them, and they're both like, yeah, damn it um i just i don't know it's a it's a dark thrill but i like it yeah yeah absolutely the the whole first wave sequence is great mm-hmm. i i love ray's uh force push of finn i love that she just shouts no right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and for me that's about like don't come anywhere near me don't come anywhere near this i will hurt you um yeah. whether i mean to or not is it's just very powerful and then just seeing him you know i love that uh, uh the way it's acted the sound effects it's a it's a big force push right yeah it um, is yeah yeah mm. no go ahead please well you you said some things there of just like how to look at the the force push it's it's not ray saying no no stay away i got this uh, i need you safe it's like stay away i don't got this i'll probably hurt you like get out yeah. and fight in that connection yeah, it, yeah, you're so right to to point out that she's fighting her connection to Kylo. She's fighting her connection to Finn. She's she's really, you know, this so much of this film is about stronger together, and she's being really, really alone right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then I I love all the leaps. I, I know they don't work for some people, and that they are too superhero. And, and again, I hear that. I respect that. I love them. Uh, in in one of the shots I particularly love is you know we see Ray's leap, and that's cool. But then to see Kylo's tiny little form flying into a wave from Finn and Janna's perspective. <laughs> I, it's, I wrote that down too, of specifically them watching it. Love it. Yeah, because it's it's just, it, it's like the total, like, you know, obviously Janna's being very kind to Finn. They've had their bond and Janna's like, sure, yeah, no, we'll we'll go after her. Got it, totally, of course. And then there's that real, like, there could have been a comedy beat where Janna turns and goes, well, we can't follow them. <laughs> I mean, she does say we can't follow them. It's not in a comedy beat, but that's, there's a real, like, okay, we can keep up. No, we can't keep up. Like, yeah. Did you see? He's tiny and that wave is so huge and where do you yeah. even go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in terms of, I, I do like the leaps uh, myself. Um, look, I mean, like, like I think Ray literally does like a superhero landing, right? And, and I don't think it's necessarily that on purpose, but it, it definitely comes off as that, at least to me. I don't know what mm-hmm. your thoughts on that are, but so I can get it. But I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, like, I, I don't know. I'm a Return of the Jedi kid. Like Luke's leap, um, was always awesome to me as a kid, and it doesn't hold up for me as much just the way it looks. Um, it's very much a, a 1983 stunt to me still cool but you know so it's almost like this one of like hey let's just build on that we can look at what we can do now and i just so if it works for me on that level as well as also what it means and feels 
Yeah, that that's the thing for me is just like uh, uh, these are two extremely powerful force users, and I like that there's lots in here that that is trying to kind of like up the ante, right? If they are mm-hmm. uh, powers large enough for like Luke and Palpatine to be like yeah, they are, they are very powerful. Uh, they they don't even know their own power. <laughs> yeah, you know that I like seeing that represented, and what's you know physically happening is them isolating from. Finn and Jenna flying up to the mountaintop where, where, you know, other beings can't even follow. And also just being sort of like mindless of like, our fight just needs to continue. And a giant crushing wave is, <laughs> eh, we'll just leap over it and, and keep going, you know, is, yeah. uh, is great. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So another moment for me is I, I like in, in that uh, it's kind of second phrase right before the second wave comes when, uh, Ray slams Kylo's blade into the floor. It's a nice mm. aggressive move. Yeah. Kylo often does a little floor stab and a block. So I like that she's doing that to him. It's reminiscent of their their first fight as well. Uh, but the one then when she sees the wave coming and she's got that great energetic sort of pull away and then stick mm. the lightsaber up to like fly. I'm sure like I'm sure some people don't like that because it's a, a superhero-y thing, but I love it that sticking the lightsaber up and like following that energy mm. up into the flip. I love it. Yeah, no, I don't mind that one at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I'm there for it. Yeah, I think uh, there's some, uh, I, I did notice there's some weird, uh, not even weird, but just some editing beats that might have came off, uh, I don't know, a little, little different for me than than others. Um, that's why I think I love the first fight in terms of editing a little bit better, but it, it just, it's so big. It's such a big scene. I just, I just love all that stuff. High energy stuff. Yeah, high energy. And I love the contrast too then when uh, we don't see Kylo walk, uh you know, leap over that wave. He just walks through it. <laughs> so yeah, that's I, Kylo sauntering out of the wave, uh, and, and and then kind of positioning his lightsaber kind of downward, and then taking that backward swing with it. It's it's a little bit of the trailer moment, right? Him walking out. Mm-hmm. You're kind of waiting for it, but it delivered. Um, I just like everything about it because there's there's a strength, there's a power, but there's also a little bit of just just why are we doing this? This resignation to what's going on, and then let me go finish this, and whatever that means to him at that time, you know, Kyla could speak to it. But uh, I, yeah, there's a lot to it, and it uh, also just in terms of Star Wars villain shot, pretty darn cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a great trailer shot. It's a, you know, I'm glad that they used it in the trailer, but it, it does just have this uh, awesome storytelling to me of he's he's not charging through it screaming, right? He's mm-hmm. just sort of like walking almost in this uh terminator way of like i'm i'm disconnected from emotion and nothing is going to stop me yeah i'm just plowing forward and for ray right there that almost like there's that moment of did he make it through and and you know she is trying to you know uh not not submit to this by by submitting to it by lashing out and him walking through of the, the it's just like yeah no that's that image is what he's saying to her of Mm. Uh, the dark side is just going to keep coming for you. You can't deny it. It's just going to keep coming. Nothing's going to stop it. You know, yeah. did you think it was gone? It's not. It's not. You know. <laughs> did you try to wash it away with the water? Still here. Still here. Yeah. <laughs> and then there, there is a, after that amazing shot where he walks through the water kind of toward the camera, there's a, a little profile shot where he, he does just kind of a little, a little great Adam Driver uh, bouncy step over something like he's late mm. to a meeting and it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are some other uh, moments for you? Uh, I think one of the final big ones for me is um, I think it was Ray slides her saber up and it, and it, and it like hits his, uh, his, his cross guard. It's like mm-hmm. 2014 called and it's apologizing. Cause that is cool. I just love a great music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's that phrase right near the end where she tries switching handholds, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, 
in Ghost of the Backwards handhold, and they yeah. have a great phrase of locking blades, and Kylo's really calm and resolute, and just and he flips it around, and it's it's not going to do do anything for her. Mm-hmm. I I do love the exchange of um of using the force to block the blades. Is that something that you like, or is that too different for you? Where do you land on that no, one? I mean, come on, Kylo's. You know, we we meet him blocking laser bolts, so I, I absolutely all of that kind of tracks. And uh, it's something that, look, if I have the force and I'm in a fight, I think I do that every time. You know? Yeah. I don't want that yeah. hitting me. Stop you, stop you, stop you. Absolutely. And then, once again, sets up the Vader-Riva battle. I'm not sure that's not what the intention was at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to see new ideas be introduced and then layered into into Star Wars. Totally. Uh, a final thing for me is that I, I love that the stab of Kylo is so empty right mm. um mm. when she catches i love of the the nice straightforward symbolism that it's her catching his blade the red blade using the red blade yeah um and then that there's no sound right there's no sense that that's a victory yeah there's yeah. not even emotion from kylo mm-hmm. there's no scream of pain it's he he just stumbles and falls back it's just muted and awful and i and you've talked about this before ken and you you have more firsthand knowledge than i do of, of real life violence but it's just a moment that steps away from fantasy and steps away from the way we visually tell the story of violence a lot of times in, in cinema and makes it a little bit more real world right like mm-hmm. uh, r- real life violence is is not cinematic there isn't a cool uh you know there isn't a cool noise there isn't mm-hmm. you know a, a a needle drop it's you know sometimes big awful violence you, you barely see it right it's just this yeah. little horrible thing that happens and then something that was there isn't anymore yeah and a lot more sweating and panting than you think uh in initial <laughs> movies uh yeah no it it is uh, very real it's very raw and you're right it is it is uh because if you let's say you spoiled the the beat just on paper going into rise of skywalker and then you and then ray stabs kylo right in the center of his of his heart or his, his body with a lightsaber. You're going to be like, Oh, what a climactic moment. And what you're describing is the exact opposite of that. It, it is nothing. It is the sounds around it. It is not a big music cue. It is uh, painful. It is small. I, I love your description of that. It's very real. And it's just telling you, telling you that number one, more to come, but also this ain't the victory that we all wanted for her and that she thought she'd get. Uh, it's coming from a different point a different blade even uh, yeah you're absolutely right and i thought it was a well done well done uh stab yeah it, it just it tells a story and i just really like that the choice because you could have played up this whole fight it is thrilling and it is exciting but then within that it is also just not afraid to let it feel cold and distant and mm-hmm. and heartbreaking yeah and, and, and it being tied to lay and everything yeah that was heartbreaking it's absolutely the word yeah. So at the end of this battle, how do you think the galaxy is changed by this big climactic lightsaber battle? I once made like a flow chart uh, here in my notes here. <laughs> but it's like, all right, so how is how is the galaxy changed? Well, I think, and including a little bit of the Han stuff, Kylo Ren is dead and he's dead and that's good. But uh, where does Ben go from here? He's still going to find his place. Leia is gone. Ray has run away. The dark side overall is a clear path to victory because hope and symbols of hope have been removed, have been hidden, or they're on the run, or they're confused at best. 
hard truths have been revealed. Uh, they've been shared and, and, and the process of healing has begun though. So that's where a little bit of the light side is shining through and we are set up for all of this to come forward. It's just people got to believe people got to accept people got to realize they're not alone. They got to realize they have the power. They realize they can get the help from those around them and they can be who they maybe really are supposed to be or who they want to be, which is perhaps mm -hmm. most important, especially even for, for, Ben, I think he wants to be Ben. He just felt he could no longer could. I think Ray wants to be this, uh, uh, not hero, but she wants to be, you know, connected. She wants to be a Jedi. She wants to uh, take the empathy she has in her heart and compassion and put it out in the galaxy. And, 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 and the path is clear. They just got to get there. So the galaxy is set up for victory, but it's in perhaps its darkest point, point at this time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really love that this is the all is lost moment, uh, but there is a victory in it, right? This mm -hmm. is a absolute victory uh, uh, from Leia, right, to to yeah. reach out and just let her son feel like you were wrong. You could have always come home. You can still come home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and I think that is, you know, it's a it's a several step process, but I think that is a moment where, you know, Ben is reborn, this, this water that is... Uh, symbolic of the dark side and symbolic of you know just crushing rage mm. uh it, it calms down by the time han is there and becomes a little soothing a little amniotic it's a little it's a little peaceful right <laughs> yeah. uh and so that transportation happens um on a practical level i do like that this this moment ends up being a victory for leia and you know mm. palpatine needs to move on to plan b he's got the great line of the princess valderon yeah yeah <laughs> foiled by plaid yeah um that this has been Palpatine's, you know, long game. Sure, he wanted to get his hands on on Rey early on, but uh, she was lost to him, and now she's all in with the Jedi, and she's a risk. So he just wants her gone, and he's had this long game to slowly, yeah. slowly break uh, Ben Solo, and he's right, right at the edge of the victory, and Leia and Ben and Rey take it from him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I love that Princess of Alderaan line. We can talk about that another time, and I think we will. But in uh, all of it, you know, talking again about how the galaxy changed, there's this thing, theme that keeps coming up in, in these movies and around these characters, right, of just like you, you have the pieces. They're all right there. You're just not seeing it. And there's a lot of darkness, a lot of brokenness uh, at the end of this fight, but it's, uh, again, setting it all up. And I like that you call it a, it's, it's a moment of victory for Leia. It is yeah. as tragic as it is and sad as it is. Yeah, and even though Ray, I think, doesn't see it in the moment uh, that mm -hmm. she ends this uh, by, you know, that great line of, I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand, but then she, you know, goes away. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I think her she feels her greatest fear is realized that uh, I can't handle this power. Uh, I, I will just continue the cycle of violence just like Luke was afraid he would. So I'm, I'm you know, mm -hmm. going into the island. We, we get all that story. Uh, but I think that, the galaxy has maybe changed uh, because she does make a better choice, right? Uh, yeah. She is immediately horrified uh, by what she's done. And she's been in this place of anger and exhaustion and frustration. And she's trying to uh, use hate to deny hate, right? She's mm. fighting what she hates. Uh, she, she hates being told that she has no choice and that she is of the dark side. So she lashes out in, in fury. And this whole thing is a, a real, uh, you know, Rose Tico <laughs> yeah. fighting what you hate to saving what you love. She's fighting what she hates. And then, you know, realizing that that's not the way to go. Violence wasn't going to resolve this for her uh, empathy, yeah. mercy connection, as you keep saying. And I, I have to think like after the fact, when, when Ray thinks about this moment, this is, 
this is a moment that she's forever changed, right? Of like, mm-hmm. I feel in my bones what it's like to give into the dark side. I know what that feels like. And I know what it's like to, to choose to lead with the light side. Like, I have to think the galaxy has changed. Like, uh, this is a real teachable moment for Rey to pass mm-hmm. on to yeah. the next generation of Jedi. Mm. She puts in the videotape. Let me get, get, up, get out the <laughs> telestrator. Let me show you what I did wrong here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So out of 10 lightsabers mm. fully ignited, how many lightsabers do you personally give this fight? I think I might uh, stop the recording and go watch one more time to make sure. Um, <laughs> I, I am going, I'm going high. I'm going 9.5. Nearly perfect for me. <laughs> Nearly perfect for me. Um, only because maybe I don't get to have a complete fist pumping moment because there's a somberness that hangs over it. Um, but, uh, in terms of fight and a fight one, I want to revisit and a fight that again, I think there's so much there and I'd love to, we always, again, respecting opinions aside and everything, but there's just some so situations in, in, in life outside of podcasting where you or I or other uh, star Wars, uh, people and fans are, are like, you want to sit people down and explain what's there, or at least just, Hey, show them. And maybe you'll see the movie in a different way. Maybe you'll never like it, but maybe you'll see what I see and see what I feel. And, and, and feel uh, what I feel, feel the emotions. And this is one of those sequences um, that I would uh, love to discuss and do like to Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love uh, what you said and how you said it. Uh, for me, this is a 9 out of 10. This is this is one of the best because it, it is thrilling. It is fun. It is uh, a space fantasy. Um, but it is uh, not afraid to be a different kind of lightsaber fight. Yeah. And it's a different mood. It's a different emotion it is uh complex and layered and exciting and horrible all at the same time and all of the ideas of the sequel trilogy really really coming together in this fight and and i so agree with you i think um you know there are a lot of strong opinions about the sequel trilogy like all of star wars but it parts of rise of skywalker i almost feel more like my prequel conversations of like Totally get anybody who's just plain old never going to like them. They just don't mm-hmm. enjoy them. Or they just don't enjoy Rise of Skywalker. Love Last Jedi, don't enjoy Rise of Skywalker. You know, yeah. a, a opinion is the first part of the discussion. If your opinion is <laughs> yeah. not for me, then you are correct. So be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, but I feel almost in that same prequel way of like, cool. If you can, if you could, if a viewer could say, I don't like these seven things and go, okay, now I'm going to watch the rest of the movie and ignore those things and focus on what else is there that I maybe haven't focused on before. Is there a possibility that you could find more things to love? Like yeah. we've so long had prequel conversations like that. And I yeah. feel that way about this fight of like, cool. If you don't like Palpatine, if you don't like, you know, X, Y, or Z, could you look at this fight and and try to see some of the things that we see and maybe, you know, the hope that uh, people would get to enjoy it more. Yeah. Yeah. And this comes out of like, again, if it, your opinion, uh, where, what it is and everything, some, but sometimes folks come at it uh, real hard and then and ask for the engagement. Right. And then ask for, well, why? And, and this is one of those moments, I, uh, scenes and, and fights that I, I do want to go, well, here's why. And here's, here's what, what, what is there. Uh, here's what I find there. And again, it's not just there's, there's what is there and then what I take from it. And those can be uh, different for all of us. Um, but I don't react well to, well, there's nothing there. And that's yes. where uh, this fight is one of those, like, there's something there. Uh, let me, let me try, let me talk to you about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, I think there's a lot there. I would think that at least the length of our podcast would <laughs> uh, convince people that there's there's plenty to discuss, even if it's not for everybody. It certainly is for us. We rate this one high. Uh, next time on The Magic of Lightsaber Fights, uh, I, I don't know exactly how we're going to construct this conversation yet, but, mm-hmm. but Ken and I were talking off air, and we both felt like it's worth talking about uh, the final conflict in... Rise of Skywalker, because it is not a straight-up lightsaber fight, but there's so much going on with the ideas of lightsabers, with uh, Mm -hmm. uh, what they symbolically mean, everything from uh, the the Rey to Kylo Pass to the fact that there are two of them, all that kind of stuff, uh, maybe structured a little bit differently, because it's it's not, you know, the last Mm -hmm. 20 minutes of that film isn't just a straight-up lightsaber fight, but we do want to discuss the the ideas of what lightsabers mean and how they play into the final battle of Rise of Skywalker. Any thoughts on that, Ken, before uh, before we go? It, it, you said it, the symbolism of lightsabers in this Star Wars story, specifically the Skywalker saga, are very much on display. And, I, yeah, I do agree. We're going to figure out how to discuss it. And, and if, if anyone, anyone wants to yell at us and say, that's not a lightsaber fight, I, yeah, I, maybe I guess you're right. But it's definitely a lightsaber conflict. <laughs> it's definitely something going on there <laughs> that's pretty big for the saga. And it does... Uh, you know, uh, does that ask to be uh, looked at, I think. Yeah, it is how lightsabers are used in the final fight of the Skywalker mm-hmm. saga. So we are excited to dive into that, and then we'll see where the future takes us when it comes to lightsaber fighting. Again, you want to let people know where they can find us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're the Force Center Podcast. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well, live Q- Q&A. Uh, coming up, uh, well, if you're listening on the morning of this episode release later today, but just look for uh, uh, the live Q&As by subscribing to our channel, hit the notification bell, you will find out. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash Force Center if you'd like to support us directly from there. You can get into our Discord server, discuss Star Wars every day with Force Center friends. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to cadnapsock.com for more information. If you are local, uh, big show for me on September 2nd, part of the Flappers uh, anniversary show in the YooHoo room, one of the more underrated rooms in the LA comedy scene, going to be there for uh, one of their anniversary shows on September second. Information and tickets can be, uh, be uh, uh, tracked down via my website at catnapsack.com. Joseph, what about you? Yeah, I would encourage people to go see that. I really like that YooHoo room. It has got a good, uh, intimate energy. So I think people yeah. should go go see you there. Uh, I would go see you, uh, but I'm seeing John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl that night. Uh, also in intimate room. <laughs> yes, outside. <laughs> good to know. In case I get tickets to that, uh, I, I won't. I won't get them. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Excellent. Uh, you want to follow my adventures? You can find me on social media: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Go to my website, josephscrimshot.com, for all my other stuff, past comedy albums, uh, stuff like that. Maybe future comedy albums. We'll see. Uh, If you are in the Portland area, I am locking down the details, but I'm going to be in Portland the weekend of October 7th through the 9th for the HP Lovecraft uh, Film Festival. I have a short film uh, that I made, a short uh, cosmic horror dark comedy uh, that is playing at that film festival. So I'll get some information up and out about that. But for now, for myself... For Ken, for water, this has been Force Center.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.